ready, Ma? I'm ready, Erin. Let's go. Let's go to the west of the United States. <laughs> the wild, wild west. The wild, the old west. I'm thinking maybe Oklahoma? Texas? Oh, um, <laughs> I always was like, it's California, because that's what it is. Well, it, it was is. obviously, <laughs> yeah, shot in California. We are talking about the 1974 classic film, Blazing Saddles. Yes, we are. Warner Brothers joint. <laughs> you like when I do that. I, it makes me laugh every time. Every time. Directed by Mel Brooks. You might have heard of him. <laughs> and need we say anything else? I mean, the producers, History of the World Part One, Spaceballs, Robin Hood Men in Tights. The list goes on and on. It was written by Andrew Bergman. He also, this guy also wrote a lot of movies. He wrote Fletch, Big Trouble, Honeymoon in Vegas, Striptease. Um, Norman Steinberg, Mel Brooks also was on, wrote in the screenplay, Al Unger, and a little obscure comedian, I don't know if anyone's ever heard of them, Richard Pryor. Yeah, Richard Pryor was supposed to be in it. He was. But um, it's based happen. on a story by Bergman, he came up with the idea, and it's starring Cleavon Little as Sheriff Bart. Gene Wilder, you may know him from Young Frankenstein, Willy Wonka, Silver Streak, See No Evil, Hear No Evil, Slim Pickens, he was also in Dr. Strangelove, and Steven Spielberg's 1941, which also starred, shout out to last week's movie, Tishiro Mifune. Mifune. Uh -huh. Harvey Corman from The Carol Burnett Show. And Madeline Kahn from Paper Moon, High Anxiety, Young Frankenstein. Madeline Kahn playing a Marlena Dietrich character. Yes. To perfection. And Harvey Corman playing Hedley Lamar, often confused with Hedy Lamar, who is a very famous actress, but she was also a super inventor. Where's this biopic? Where's the Hedy Lamar biopic? Because she basically invented Wi-Fi. What? Yeah. Hedy what? Lamar had created all, all of the technology, the foundation of the cell phone technology was invented by an actress named Hedy Lamar. That's got to be fake news. It's not fake news. <laughs> <laughs> it is, and and she um, had a reputation of suing people. So she sued Mel Brooks for using the her a likeness to her name, and he was like, "It's not your name. Your name's not Hedley Lamar. It's Hedy Lamar." And but they and there's a joke in the movie referencing. The lawsuit that didn't even exist at the time. It was like they spoke the lawsuit into existence. <laughs> Needless to say, there is a plot, but um, everything goes out the window and just 
buffoonery and gags ensue. Yes. So we're going to start with, um, there is a railroad being built. Mm -hmm. We have covered wagons. We have people of color. Yeah. There's so many people of color. Much like our last movie, we didn't have a POC counter because it was all people of color. Correct. There were no white people in that one at all. Right. There are white people in this one. There are Chinese people and black people working on the railroad. Mm-hmm. And Cleavon Little is one of them. He is hilarious. And <laughs> he's... Yeah. He, and the the white um, um, people in charge of the workers want him to sing a, a song. Well, they want all the black people. Well, I, actually, they're working and they stop working because the, a Chinese guy just falls out. And this movie is not politically correct at all it it is an equal opportunity offender yeah, of every category it hits everyone not so it's fine if you make fun of every, if you are equally offensive to everyone then that's equality and it could not be made today no it couldn't no it couldn't oh the outrage so, it would be everyone every so, side of outrage would be outraged Yes, and so many n n words are dropped. Oh, n n bombs. Let's say. Mm-hmm. Okay, so and they like want the Cleveland Little people. and the other black people to be singing a spiritual because that's supposed to get them, you know, working. Yeah. So they're like, why don't you why don't you sing something, you know, like your people do? And so they bust out in <laughs> what was what's the song? It's like this. I get a kick out yeah, of you. Yeah, they bust out in this acapella version of I get a kick out of you. That's <laughs> hilarious. And they're just singing their hearts out doing it. And the, the white uh, overseers are just, no, no, what is this? No. And one of them, he's like, don't you know Swing Low Sweet Chariot? And he like, tries to sing it for him. And they're like, no, we've never heard of that. And what was the, the other one? Another The Camp Town Ladies. Yeah, then they're like, yeah, the Camp Town Lady. I have Camp Town Ladies in my head. So all of the overseers are singing Camp Town Ladies. So it has it has reverted back to them being the um, the amusement of the black people. Mm-hmm. And it, that will continue. Then Slim Pickens, Mr. Tate, comes up and goes, hey, we got a problem because up ahead is some quicksand. And so we're going to have to take the railroad tracks around the quicksand. So, of course, the overseers send a couple of N-bombs to um, check out the quicksand, and they end up in the quicksand. Yeah. So they're yelling for help as they're sinking. They're like, do you feel yourself sinking? Yeah, I do. And they're like, oh, no. So... They're on that that seesaw human power thing, and it starts it's called a hand cart. A hand cart. I like human hand seesawing thing. Okay. And the Slim Pickens guy shows up, and they're like, "Oh man, yeah, we're safe." And he, he's like, he has the other guy throw a lasso out there, so they lasso the hand cart and pull the hand cart out, and they're like, "Whew, that was a close one!" But they leave the two guys in the in the quicksand. Exactly. And so then they have to um, 
they save themselves because he's like, oh, I feel a real. So they, they climb out and they're all tired, have the quicksand on them. And the overseers, they've been talking to themselves. And there's like, quit laying around. We got to lay this, tr- put this track around. So, so uh, Slim Pickens throws Cleavon a shovel. Mm-hmm. And uh, get to work. I mean, they've just pulled themselves out of quicksand. Yeah. And so Cleavon hits Slim Pickens in the head with the shovel. <laughs> yeah, he does. <laughs> Next scene, we're in Harvey Corman's office. He is in charge of the railroad. And he's being told that because of the quicksand, they had to go around the town of Rock Ridge. And they're going to have to go through the town of Rock mm-hmm. Ridge. I'm sorry. And so Harvey Corman sees dollar signs because that means this town is going to have a railroad going through it. It's going to be worth a whole lot of money. So he wants to find out a way to, to scare all the rightful owners of the land out of Rock Ridge so that he can claim it for himself. <laughs> Next page. Next page. And one guy comes up with an idea to kill the first male-born child in every family. And he's like, mm, no, that's too Passover. That's Yeah, that's too Jewish. And um, so somehow it, it gets the point right outside his window is the, is the hangman. <laughs> yeah. And he's just, he has appointments to hang people all day long. And um, so Slim Pickens tells him to be sure and hang the the uppity N-bomb who hit him with the shovel earlier in the day. And so we see we're in Rock Ridge and <laughs> Rock Ridge, there's a Howard Johnson's ice cream with one with flavor. flavor. <laughs> it's just silliness, people. There's a saloon with uh, cows and people in it. Um and they're, they're talking about a pack of murderers and thieves uh, come in to be- beat up the town. So um, evidently their sheriff was murdered and they need a new sheriff. So um, all the townspeople have, they talk in church and the, the minister wants to just give up and leave. But the townspeople say, no, they want to stay. Uh, They just need a new sheriff, so they need to wire the governor to appoint a new sheriff for Rock Ridge. And everyone in Rock Ridge, who is it? It's like all of the, um, all, huh, all the townspeople, no. Don't know where she's going here, people. But they're all Johnson. Their last names are all Johnson. Oh, yeah, everybody's last name is Johnson. Everyone's last name is Johnson. True. So then we see the governor, the governor in his governor's house, and the governor is Mel Brooks. And, of course, his secretary is a woman with her boobs hanging out. And so uh, Harvey Corman's name is Hedley Lamar, and he's saying there's 200,000 acres of Indian land that he wants And he uh, gets the governor to sign the papers, and then we need to send a new sheriff. Mm -hmm. So Headley's back in his office, and 
He's saying we need to find a sheriff who offends all the citizens of Rockridge so much that they want to leave Rockridge. So he looks out his window and just then the hangman's getting ready to hang Cleavon and Headley takes uh, Cleavon to meet the governor. The next scene is Headley taking Cleavon to meet the governor because he wants Cleavon to be the next sheriff. And that way, no one in the town will stay with a black sheriff. Yeah, they'll be, why him? No. And so um, the sheriff, the, the governor is saying, well, they'll kill him in one day. And Harvey Corman says, all we need is one day. We only need one day for the people to see this is their sheriff and they'll all leave. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, the next scene, Cleavon is rather decked out in his sheriff togs. Oh, he, I, is it some sort of, um, (sighs) spicy mustard colored onesie? I don't think it was a onesie. I think it was a shirt and pants that matched. I thought he was like decked out in a in a just a, Might have been. a whole suit. He ha- had Gucci saddlebags. Yeah, he had a Gucci saddlebag. He was looking fly. He was looking good. And in the desert where he was, Count Basie's orchestra was playing. Mm-hmm. There's just so many good visual gags in this where you're like, what? Yeah, you have to see it several times to get them all. So there's a sign in Rockridge, welcome sheriff, because they don't know who's coming. They have a band and they have church bells and he's riding into town and everything stops and everybody's mouths are hanging open and uh, um, all of the men are cocking their guns (laughs) and aiming them at Black Bart. Yeah, and Black Bart is just like, oh, the minister raises the Bible to to say something, and somebody shoots the Bible. Page. Um, and he says the citizens need to pay attention to what it, um, he has to say. Shot through. Oh, oh, and so the Bible was shot through, and... Whoever which, whoever said we need to listen to what he has to say says, son, you're on your own. <laughs> no, he get the he's the minister lifts up the Bible and he's like, This we need to listen to what this guy has to say. And then it's like Phew, the Bible gets shot out of his hand, and then the minister looks at Black Bar and's like, Son, you're on your own, and he skedaddles. At which point Black Bart points the gun at himself. This was a scene that was inspired by something that really happened to Mel Brooks. When he yeah. was a kid, he, he got caught stealing a water pistol and some candy. And so he <laughs> turned the water pistol on the on the adults that were after him. And the adults like backed up off of him. And he was able to make his escape. And he always thought that was hilarious. So Black Bart takes out his own gun and puts it up to his head. And he's like, all right, what does he say? He says he'll shoot his own head off. Yeah. And so I'm not sure why, but all of the townspeople dropped their guns. I guess they thought, well, if he's crazy enough to do that, then we need to. Or it's like your poppy always says, you know, if I'm going to shoot my own head off, imagine what I'll do to you. (laughs) I didn't know that. He doesn't quite say about the shooting. but I didn't really know that that was one of his staple slogans. (laughs) Well, not about shooting, but about other things. 
So the next um, scene is the Rockridge Town Council, and they are arguing. And the school marm has composed a telegram to the governor and um, pretty much saying, we need a different sheriff. This isn't going to work. Yeah. Mm -mm. And it's all because he's black. Because Sheriff Bart hasn't even done anything yet. No, it's all because he's black. It's all a visual. So in the sheriff office where Black Bart is very happy, there is a prisoner who's hanging upside down from his um, bunk bed. And it happens to be Jim. A.K.A. The Waco Kid. Gene Wilder. Gene Wilder! And he's drunk. He's so drunk. He's so drunk that he's he's hanging upside down from his bunk, and he looks. And you see when he sees Black Bart standing outside the bars, he just gives this look, and he's just like, "Are you black, or am I like super super drunk?" And Black Bart's like, "I'm black." And they become fast friends. Oh yeah. Waco Kid used to have the fastest hands in the West. <laughs> I love the Waco Kid. Not only in the West, but in the whole world. Yeah. And he tells the story of why he's now a drunk. <laughs> and the way that Gene Wilder delivers it, I love the delivery because he's so serious and so sad. <laughs> he was. He was very subdued through the whole film. He's very, he's just very super subdued, just very laid back. And so what happened, he was the fastest. Nobody was faster than him. And then something happened where I think a, like a six-year-old boy got to drop on him somehow. And he was he was so devastated that the six-year-old boy like like beat him that he just turned and walked away. And I think the, the boy shot him in the butt. Yep, we shot him in the ass. He shot him in the ass, and then he just went and crawled in. He went to the local saloon, the nearest saloon, and he crawled inside a bottle, and he has it left. And the way that he drinks whiskey is how I drink Avion. <laughs> glug, 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 He just glugs Until it's gone. It. <laughs> Until it's empty. And then it always ends with... <sighs> so the sheriff told the story of how he... Be, came to the West. Uh, there was a wagon train, but of course his family's wagon couldn't be part of the wagon train. So they were way far in the back. And so the whole Sioux Nation comes and and has a fight with the wagon train, at which point Mel Brooks is the chief. And that was to, to pay attention to the fact that in Westerns, the people, the Native American people were always played by white people. So he thought playing the chief, he's a Jewish man, would be hilarious. And he uses all these Yiddish words. Always. <laughs> so um, after the whole Sioux Nation took care of the wagon train, they came over to his family and went, dang, they're darker than we are. Schwatza, schwatza. And lets them go. Uh-huh. Next scene is the classic scene of Blazing Saddles. If you haven't seen it in 40-something years, as I hadn't, this is the one scene I did remember. Cowboys eating beans around a fire. And just farting, farting, farting. They're farting so hard they have to stand up to fart. 
Who among us hasn't, though? (laughs) (laughs) So Taggart, who is Slim Pickens, asks, who wants to kill the sheriff? So they have this guy named Mongo. (laughs) Oh, Mongo's so problematic. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. He's played by an uh, ex-football player, Alex Karras. Oh. If you remember the um, TV show. Webster? Webster. That's where he's from. That was his adopted father, yes. He's Webster's dad. Yes, which was problematic. And and so Mongo, I put, is intellectually challenged. Using the parlance of our times. And um, so evidently they're going to have Mongo go and because Mongo cannot control himself and he's just all muscle and brawn. And so he's going to go kill the sheriff. Mm -hmm. Like he, He doesn't form any complete sentences and they keep him chained up. He's like their human monster. Yeah. Okay, so Black Bart's in the in his office. Gene Wilder is shaving. Cleavon is smoking some pot. And so <laughs> yes. Jim, who is Gene Wilder, asks Bart, just don't go outside. Just just don't leave this office because we all know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And Cleavon Little goes outside and he tries to help an old lady who tells him to <laughs> do unnatural acts to himself. And um, he comes back so sad. And drops the they go do unnatural acts to yourself and bomb. Everybody and bombed him. I mean, it was just a barrage of and bombs. Yeah, he just looks at the little old lady and he just turns back around goes back does he go back into the office yeah so sad well mongo comes into town not riding a horse because a horse couldn't hold mongo he's riding a bull (laughs) yeah yes then he rides right into the saloon doesn't he ride the bull into the saloon i don't know but he might not he might just emerge well he no he because he tears the doors off yeah he just goes in like a tornado like a bull in a china shop yeah or like a wrecking ball (laughs) (laughs) he came in like a wrecking ball (laughs) montage of mongo just breaking everything oh that was perfect everybody's afraid and um, some people are saying, don't shoot him. It'll just make him mad. <laughs> yeah, it won't put him down. It'll just make him annoyed. But um, someone delivers a candy gram to Mongo. <laughs> which reminded me of the candy grams on Saturday Night Live, uh, which were always delivered by the shark. Well, it's not someone who delivers the candy. Who is w- dressed up in a Western Union outfit? Hello? I forget. It was it's Sheriff Bart. Oh, Black Bart did. That's yeah, right. He co- yeah. Because they're like, oh, Mongo's going crazy in the shop. You know, like, you're the sheriff. And he's like, I got to do something. And so he comes up with a plan. And next, you cut to him. He's He goes in. He's like a human cartoon. And he's standing at the door. And Mongo has everyone that's in the saloon behind the piano. And he's, like, squishing them all together. And... 
Sheriff Bart is in his Western Union attire. He's like, Candy Graham, Candy Graham from Mongo. And Mongo's like, oh. So he goes over. Mongo loves candy. Yeah, he, he kind of does like a penguin walk, goes over, he gives it to him, and he does like a little move, and then they play the, um, what is it, the Bugs Bunny music, the Looney yeah. Tunes music, and he like goes out, and then Mongo looks down at the candy gram, and he opens it, and kaboom! It explodes. Mm-hmm. Next scene, Headley is in the bath, and Slim Pickens is washing him. And he has an idea to take out the sheriff. Then we're back to the jail where Mongo is chained to the bars of the jail cell. And he's knocked out. And we hear about Lily von Stoop. <laughs> she's a German singer and she's coming to downtown. She is the Bavarian bombshell. She's like, she's supposed to be Marlena Dietrich. She doesn't really, although she can't see her R's, which for a German person who rolls their R's, that's difficult. Well, I can't roll my R's. I can't either. So, Headley decides we're going to have Lily seduce Black Bart, and then he's going to fall in love with her, and she's going to leave him, and he's going to be devastated and leave town. <laughs> oh, Headley, you're, no, how'd you, you how'd he get so rich? <laughs> These are his ideas. <laughs> so, Black Bart and Jim go to the saloon for Lily's show, and she does a Marlena Dietrich song. In fact, when she auditioned, um, Mel Brooks asked to see her legs, and she was rather taken aback, but he wanted to see if her gams could stack up against those of the famous Marlena Dietrich's gams. Do I guess they did because she got the job. Indeed. Yes. So, <laughs> falling in, in love, love again. again. Um, so, a note is delivered to Bart to come see Lily in her dressing room after the show. Yeah, Lily does her whole show. Basically, isn't it about how she sleeps with a lot of guys? Uh, she's so tired. Yeah, she's so tired from she's stooping. Tired, yeah, because all she's doing is, yeah, performing on her back. So and, she's <laughs> a tired woman. And her the, the soldiers that are her dancers are German, like, soldiers. Nazis. <laughs> yeah, they're Nazis. They're freaking Nazis. Um, okay, and so... A black Bart shows up in her dressing room and she blows out all the all the lights because she wants it to be very romantic. And at which point they are they are doing a um, they're, they're, they have a dialogue and some of it didn't make it to the final cut, but was put back in later. Oh, because she's saying, is it true what I Oh, wait, hear? wait. Well, before they get to that, she turns off all the lights and Headley knocks on the door. He they is like, oh, is the plan going as he's like, yeah, 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 the plan's going. And then she goes back and then they have their dialogue. Is it true what I hear about black people? And um, then he says, this is this. This line was cut because the censors <laughs> just couldn't take it. Uh, you're sucking on my arm. You go, I hate to disappoint you, ma'am, but you're <laughs> sucking on my arm. So, the next scene is breakfast, 
and he's leaving for work. And that and she, but that was the only thing that he changed, that Mel Brooks changed. Because Mel Brooks somehow, right. the agents he had, man, he had final he had final cut on this film. He could control what went. They couldn't change it. And they wanted him, oh, the use of the N-word so many times, angered the studio, all the Nazis angered the studio, everything angered the studio. But this that was the one concession that he didn't make. He's like, all right, I'll cut that line. He, he took notes in the meetings of all the things they wanted him to cut, but that was the only thing he did actually cut. So she's hanging on to him. She's falling in love with him. Yeah. She doesn't want him to go. And he goes, I got to go to work. And he goes to the sheriff's office and there is a note there from Hedley Lamar to release Mongo. So they, um, they tell him he's free to go. He actually, oh, they say, okay, here's a note that we can release Mongo. Mongo at that point just pulls on the chains and, and tears the, the bars of the jail right out of there. Yeah, they just, he was asleep. She throws the bucket of water on him. Mongo wakes up and just like, he just dusts off the chains. Yeah. (laughs) Like nothing. But he's free to go. But Mongo um, likes Black Barton Jim, and he doesn't want to go. Mm-hmm. So then I have, um, oh, but they did find out from Mongo that there's something going on with the railroad. Yeah. Because he, so he goes to snoop at the railroad to see what is going on that is causing uh, Harvey Corn Headley to be so interested in all this did the did the woman come back yet the woman who was insulted him the old woman mm-hmm. oh wait because she brought him a pie mm-hmm. she knocks on the sheriff's door this was after i think this is after he like takes out mongo and so she lifts it the he lifts up and you see the old woman and the old woman's like i i feel so bad that i said those things to you in the street here i made you an apple pie and he slips her apple pie he's like i you know i'm sorry and then he, he's like oh much obliged ma'am and closes it he puts the pie on the counter and there's another knock and he goes over it's the old woman he lifts up the windshield and she's like um but this just stays between us. You're not going to tell anybody else about this, are you? He's like, no, ma'am, I won't. She's like, all right, thank you. Yeah, she, he, she didn't bring the apple pie through the front door. Yeah. Okay, well, Bart goes to snoop at the railroad, and he sees his old friends there, and they're saying, well, the railroad is going to go through Rock Ridge. So at this point, Slim and his gang come riding out, and they say, on the count of three, shoot Bart dead. But the Waco kid is able to shoot the guns out of all of their hands. Because the Waco kid is so fast. And every time he demonstrates his speed, it's always like, you count to three. And then he, like, the first time you see it is when he and Sheriff Bart are playing chess. And he says, I want you to put both hands on the opposite side of the king. Or of the queen. And he's like, all right. And so he's holding them there. He says, I'm going to count to three. And then I want you to grab it. And so he's like, but, and he's standing probably like five feet away. He says, you're standing a country mile. There's no way you can get it. He says, one, two, three. And he claps his hands. 
And the whole thing is shot from behind um, the Waco kid's back. So you just see his hip and you see all of Sheriff Bart. And he doesn't move at all. And he claps and he opens his hand and the piece isn't there. And the Waco kid pulls the piece out of his his gun holster. That's how fast the Waco kid is. That's how fast He's he is. He's faster than eyes. Yes, he is. So when they when they have this shootout and he like counts to three, he just is like boop, 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 boop. like all the guns just fly out of his hands because he's that fast. So Headley has tied up Lily. I guess she didn't do her job correctly, and she says, "You're going to need an army to beat Black Bart and the Waco Kid." So Headley goes, that's exactly what I need, an army of the worst dregs in the West. So in town, wagons are lined up to go because um, everybody in town is ready to leave Rock Ridge because Headley has sent out an advertisement for the very worst of the worst to come and be in his army to beat Black Bart. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, and they're getting paid a hundred dollars a day. Yeah, which is more than I'm getting paid to substitute. That's a lot of money. And so there is. It's the recruitment for the gang. That we have uh, Middle Eastern people with their camels, <laughs> and we have the KKK, and we have the Nazis. And we have Mexican. And- I believe the Mexicans. <coughs> right, banditos, yeah. desperados. Everyone, so every Blackheart and Jim have to infiltrate this. So the only way they can infiltrate it is to take the robes <laughs> of the KKK. So the KKK are the ones that are in the back of the line, which I thought was pretty hilarious. The KKK is <laughs> in the back. Another so thing I missed. These two, these two KKK guys. So um, <laughs> Gene Wilder steps out from behind the rocks and he's like, hey. Look what I found. And he yanks Sheriff Bart. And Sheriff Bart's like, hey, where are all the white women at? And (laughs) and the KKK turn and look. And they're like, and Gene Wilder, he's like, what are you waiting for? Come get him. I think Sheriff Bart starts running. And then the KKK starts running after him. And then the next thing you see, the KKK is back in line. Luckily, it was only two. Mm Mm-hmm. KKK members. So then they have to go and they have to sign something that says they are part of this army of horrible people. I mean, you have to give your, you know, you have to put in your CV, your application. This one guy says, oh, rape, murder, murder. He says, like, rape, murder, strangle, assault, rape. And he's like, Headley stops him and says, you already said rape. He says, I really like rape. And... (laughs) And yeah. it's like you're in. These are the jokes that there's no way they could do that now. No. Well, so when uh, Black Bart and Jim get up to, to sign their names, uh, there's not a robe that covers Black Bart's black hands. <laughs> well, Gene Wilder tries his best. To, he's like, I told you that you're supposed to bathe before you put these robes on. And he, he turns his coming off. Yeah, he turns his palm over. And he says, look, it's coming off. See? So all hell ensues. Sorry, I had to blow my nose. 
<clears throat> but they found out that they are going to attack Rockridge at noon tomorrow. So, scene, Black Bart and Jim go to the Railroad Brothers. Yes, the black guys. And uh, the Rock Ridge folks are supposed to meet in the prairie at midnight to, to discuss the plan. Mm, they said bring all the paint, all the extra lumber, all the hands that you can. And the plan is that they are going to build a replica of Rock Ridge. Mm -hmm. So that when the band of misfits comes in, they will attack uh, a fake Rock Ridge. Thus saving the real Rock Ridge. Mm -hmm. So uh, the, uh, the only thing that the Railroad Brothers want in return for this is a little plot of land. And uh, uh, so they finally decide, okay. So we're at the fake Rock Ridge, which is just all storefronts, which is what um, it probably looks like on the on the lot anyway, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. Fronts only, except the entire street is sagebrush. Because, you know, it's built out in the desert. Okay. So then there is a Pledge of Allegiance to Hedley Lamar from the Bandits. And as the gang is riding into town, they have to stop at the toll and pay 10 cents each. Well, yeah, because they, they say, oh, the guys are coming and they need to um, buy time because they realize that the town doesn't have any people. So they have to make fake people. So Clarence, or um, Black Bart gets an idea. He was like, I know how to slow him down. So he has this big, expansive land. And you have the band that's on their horseback. And in the middle of nowhere, you have this kind of like toll booth gate. And they all stop, and it's and it has the governor's name, and it's ten cents, and the I think it's Slim Pickens is so, hey, who's got who's got ten cents? We need ten cents to go through this toll. Nobody has ten cents, so they have to send somebody back to go get the ten cents, so the guys can go through the toll that's out in the middle of nowhere. There's they could just go around it, but it's exactly. Mel Brooks. It's funny. It's funny. It was funny. So they finally all get through the toll and they come through the fake town shooting. And the plan is there's lots of dynamite there. And so Jim is going to push down on the on the accelerator of the dynamite. What's that thing called? I like the cartoon plunger thing. Yeah. Which he does, but it doesn't work. Eee. So then Jim the Waco kid has to shoot all the dynamite that's been planted in the fake town. Uh -huh. And so he does, and there's explosions and you just see people flying in the air from the, the fake town. <laughs> it's very funny. The townsfolk go to drive them out. Um, Lily has taken care of the German soldiers because she's doing Marlena Dietrich over on the side with the Nazis. <laughs> And then there's a wide shot that shows the entire Warner Brothers lot. And the fighting goes into a sound stage where a musical is going on. Yes. This is where it just gets it just starts getting super crazy, super meta. Yeah, this is where yeah, they they were smoking some wacky tobacco at this point when they were writing it. Um, I wrote here equal opportunity offender. Uh, the the fight comes out 
into the commissary where people are eating uh, through a tour group. Um, then they're running into Burbank. They're on Olive Avenue. Mm-hmm. They're, uh, then we're with Headley at Grumman's Chinese Theater where the Blazing Saddles movie is playing. Yes. <laughs> so Bart comes to the theater and confronts Lamar. Because he's hiding in the theater. He, he, got a, he got a ticket and a box of Raisinets. Yes. And Raisinets started to sell a lot of their candy at that point. I like Bart shoots Headley. Bart and Jim go into the theater. And they're saying, I hope this movie has a happy ending. The movie ends with Bart leaving. He rides past Jim. Um, they ride off together. And they ride as far as in into the desert as they need to before their limo picks them up. Mm-hmm. And some prop guys come and take the horses away. <laughs> oh yeah. It just it just flies off the handle. It does. It just goes, it just goes just pure chaos. Mm-hmm. It's just a fun movie if you are in the mood to hear a lot of degrading remarks made about absolutely everybody. And um, it's an equal opportunity offender. So you can't be offended because everybody's everybody's. Yeah. Everybody's fair game. It's just, it's just showing the ridiculousness of, of people and racism and stuff. And And that's what, that was his point. There's so many, and like, there's so many famous gags, like when, at one point, Mongo walks out, and there's some guy on a ho- on a horse, and he says something to Mongo, and Mongo walks up and punches the horse, and the horse goes falls down with the guy on it. And you're like, he just punched a horse. Yeah, which which couldn't happen today. <laughs> one of the the, well, I would say least offensive things, but horse lovers would think that was the one of the worst things that happened. And Mongo, of course, is short for. Mongoloid. Uh, yeah, exactly. Well, the first screening of this was shown to Warner Brothers executives. Not one laugh. No one laughed. Not one laugh. And so Mel Brooks is thinking, no one's ever going to see this movie. They're not going to release it. So he arranged a second screening with um, studio employees. I need some real people to see this movie. Right. Joe Schmoes. Not a bunch of scaredy pants. And they laughed hysterically. The entire time they did not stop laughing. So it was released. Yes. It's number six on AFI's 100 Years 100 Laughs list. What is what's in front of it? I don't know. That's we should. I we should look. We'll have to do some research. We'll have to get back to you on that. John Wayne read the script, and he said it was too long for him to do, but he would definitely be in line to see it. It wasn't too long for him to do. It was too blue, too dirty. Yeah, for his it family. It was too dirty for him. I'm image. sorry. He had a family image. He couldn't be in it, but he was like, "I will be the first one to check this out." He died with how much poop in him, Mary? Fifty pounds of poop. Damn, it's a lot. Black of poop. Bart was supposed to be Richard Pryor. Mm-hmm. 
But Richard Pryor had had a lot of problems with drugs and alcohol, and and he he couldn't be insured to work on the film, so they couldn't have him. But he did help writing it. He did. <coughs> I wondered if because they did call him Black Bart, if that was if that had any relation to the Black Bart in a Christmas story. Oh, I don't know. But I, I have, do know. I have the list. Number one movie is a movie that we've already done. I'll let it's you think mad, about mad, it. It's mad, 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 mad No, I'll let you think about it. I have more trivia. We'll come back to that. Remind me, but I have it. Um, It was nominated for three Academy Awards. Best Supporting Actress for Madeline Kahn. Best Film <laughs> Editing. Best music original song. <laughs> What's so funny? What else do you have? Um, it was ba- so that Bergman guy. He wrote this script called Tex X T E X dash X, and Alan Arkin was going to direct it, and James Earl Jones was going to be the sheriff, but it all fell apart. And he told the idea, I think, I think then to Mel Brooks. And they were able to... Um, it was the first time Mel Brooks had written a movie with someone. with like It was the first time he was part of a writing group since he worked on your show of shows. And the, the mantra that they had was, please do not write a polite script. Um, this... Uh, what's his name... Gene Wilder, he was not the original Waco kid. The original Waco kid is this guy named Gig Young. Gig Young, yeah. And he showed up the first day and was drunk. Or he he passed out because he he was a drunk and he was going through severe alcohol withdrawal. And so they fired him and they uh, got Gene Wilder to be in it. And I think Gene Wilder, he had this idea. I think he agreed to do it if Mel Brooks would listen to an idea he had for a movie. Yes. And that idea for his movie turned out to be Young Frankenstein. Young Frankenstein. Mm, a classic. <clears throat> and Gig Young, I have to do more research into this because this, like five minutes before we started recording, I found this out. This he ended up dying. He was an alcoholic and was involved in a murder suicide with his wife. Really? Yes. I didn't know that. I know Gig Young. I I mean I've seen him in movies, not personally. Well, he was he but- was like the I guess the like announcer person for that Jane Fonda movie. They shoot horses, don't they? And I was gonna pick that as my as my movie because. I listened to the Jane Fonda, um, you must remember this podcast series, and mm-hmm. I remember her talking about that, but I just didn't really feel like it. Yeah. So I went with a new plan. Um, let's see. So we did all of that. We did all of that. Um, I have the AFI list. Okay. The number one movie 
100 laughs, 100 years. Number one. Oh, actually, I should do counting backwards. Okay. Blazing Saddles was six. Actually, I'll do the top 10. Airplane was 10. Oh, Airplane was funny. The Graduate, nine. I don't see that as just a comedy. Yeah, I like The Graduate, but I don't see that as a comedy. We need to add that to the list. Add it to the list. Uh, number eight, it happened one night. Oh. Number seven, mash. Add it to the list. Number six, blazing saddles. Yeah. Number five, we definitely have to add to the list. Okay. Duck soup. <gasps> yes, I wanted to do a Marx Brothers. Uh, number four, Annie Hall. See, again, I don't see that as a... As a comedy? Um, I mean, just... I, I kind of see it as a comedy, but now... <laughs> I, it would be interesting to see it now with... That's true. You know, all of... With new eyes. With the revelations. Okay, I'm going to add Annie Hall. I would not have before, but only because of... Yeah. I, yeah. The times they are a change. I, I saw Annie Hall before <laughs> all of this, and now I'm... We go back and see Annie Hall with all of this. Um, number three, this is definitely going on the list. Doctor Strange Love or How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love the Bomb. I think we have Doctor Strange Love on the list, it, but I'll I'm check. I'm sure it. that it is. <clears throat> number two should also be on the list. Tootsie. Oh, Tootsie. And so the number one movie again it has to be. It's a mad, 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 mad No, world. it's not. What is it? It's a mad, 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 mad world came in at 40. <gasps> Blasphemy. I know. Man, there's a lot of... <laughs> this is like... I'm going to have to refer to this list for my movie selection. Number one. What AFIs. They're like, just get on with it already. Damn it. Number one movie. Some like it hot. Oh, yeah. Okay. It makes perfect sense. <clears throat> That's okay. I will allow. Yeah. Completely. I think that it's a mad, 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 bad world should should knock Annie Hall off that list. But okay. You well, know? I did research and Black Bart from a Christmas story was not from this. Black Bart from a Christmas story was a there was a real um outlaw named Black Bart. He wasn't black um though. He, he was called Black Bart because he had really dark hair and a dark mustache and beard. Yeah. And he was not a nice person. Mm-hmm. He was black of the soul, not black of the skin. If he was black of the skin, we would not have known about him. That's right. Right. That's how the country <coughs> and history works. Just so everyone knows. All right. Do you want to guess about a movie that I picked? Well, I do want to say I was with some friends this week asking for suggestions. And they one suggestion was Pretty in Pink. And I asked them to be around you when I suggested that. Pretty in The John Hughes film? Uh-huh. Well, I don't have a problem with that. Oh, okay. So then they said The Breakfast Club also. Yeah. Okay, I mean, I'll add them to are, the list. You know, the sad thing is, is that that's, you would think, like, to me, I think, even though I was a little kid, 
when these movies came out, I watched them and I don't think of them as old. But if you do the math, they should definitely be lumped in because we're all old. That's what, yeah, that's what they were saying as, as, um, <coughs> as we get older, those films, and they are definitely younger than I am. So, okay, friends, they are added to the list. Now, Aaron's choice for next week. Yes, I will give some clues. So, Clue. it's in the decade from 1950. I will, I will put it from 1950. I'll give you a window. I'll even give you a shorter window, 52 to 56. <coughs> and, um... It's. I don't think it's a comedy, but it's a dramedy. I think it's a drama. I've actually never seen it, but we all know the person who's in it. Oh, fifty. Um, fifties. <clears throat> mm-hmm. I think. I think one of the all-time. Great Hollywood what ifs. Lived fast. Left a good looking James corpse. Dean. Yes. <coughs> James Dean in um 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 oh, I was in that play in high school. I mean the movie Rebel Without a Cause. Yes. Next week, 1955, Rebel Without a Cause. I played grandma. Really? You guys did Rebel Without a Cause? I don't even I don't know anything about this movie. I just know I was watching something and there was a poster of James Dean and I just said, We gotta do a James Dean movie. Cause this guy had such a brief career, but he still endures as James Dean. Like you say James yeah, Dean, everybody does. knows who James Dean is. True. So I I'm next week, everyone, we're gonna find out. Just what this James Dean is all about. What this what this this persona is exactly. I mean James Dean. <clears throat> all right. All right. Well, when you see grandma, just think of me in, in my aunt's clothes on stage. You're wearing Aunt Sissy's clothes? Yes, I was. <laughs> A purple knit shirt and skirt. I didn't know you were in the theater scene. I was a thespian. I didn't know. Is grandma your, um, is that your, your biggest role to date? I was a piccalilly lady in Music Man. I was, I don't know, I, I actually had some lines in that one. Did you do Our Town? No, but our town had been done. <laughs> <clears throat> well, who knew? I had no idea. Yeah, I was mostly in the chorus and, you know, because I wasn't very good. Did you? <laughs> <clears throat> did you and I couldn't sing did either, you audition? but I could pretend. Did you audition for the lead roles? I never auditioned for a lead role. So well, there was one because it was we did something for uh, a matinee show about a clown or something and toys. <gasps> did you do and Jerry Lewis's Lost Holocaust I, movie, Send in the Clowns? I did not do <laughs> Clowns Don't Cry. 
Is that what the movie was called? I thought it was called Clowns Don't Cry. I thought it was we called are not in the clouds. going to be doing that one on this show. We oh, not because we don't want to. <clears throat> I am fascinated to just see. Talk I'm not. I I it's just too sick. Uh, no, 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 people, we will not be doing that. Yeah, well, no one can, so. Anyway. Okay, Rebel Without a Cousin, I guessed it. Uh, yes. Okay, friends, we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.